0: Welcome to another episode of Tormageddon, and I am your host, Oscar, along with... Uh, I am Kenny. And today we have a very special guests. I'm and- Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and might as well uh, go ahead. I'm Chris. And um, we're going to go ahead and actually let you guys introduce yourselves to what you're currently doing Because we really right have no idea what you do. Yeah, it's, it's a bit we, of a... We, we sat here
1: and talked for a while. I got no clue. So just go ahead.
0: All right, let's go ahead. Let's start with... Oh, Chris. Oh, hey, I'm Chris Lighthall. Uh... Yay! We'll throw in an applause in there.
2: There's Cannonball. <laughs> it's, it's this, is, this is going well. Go, this <laughs> is okay. going go well.
3: So, I am uh, currently the lighting and video crew chief for Luke Bryan for Elite Multimedia. Awesome. And you,
0: sir? Uh,
2: I'm Justin we Are doing last names? We're doing last names. Yeah, you can do last sure.
0: names. Unless you you're on there. a list somewhere. Will there be wanna... words
2: underneath me when I say this? Will yeah. say, like, yeah. Justin Kitcheman. Yeah, yeah, we'll, exactly. we'll, we'll roll it out. And then I'll say, like, yeah. lighting designer and director for Luke Bryan. We'll say that too. Yeah, yeah.
1: We'll scroll it across. Okay. I mean
0: nice little really sound good. effect. When,
1: when do I, I say that? You can do it right now. Oh. Yeah. And go. Hi, I'm Justin.
2: And go. Kitchenman. And? Luke Bryan. There we go.
1: What and what do you do
2: for Letting Director and Letting Designer? That's uh, true. I work with that's Chris. That's true. He's my best friend. Wow, well, I think Chris really here. Chris works I with should, you <laughs> because yeah, <laughs> I should a, work for him. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, I think you work with him
1: because this is We work together. This is a this is a lot of
2: personality. I say work right here. He works. He works. Yeah, I've never seen you work. I don't know if he told you, but he's the crew chief of two separate crews. That's true. The guy literally cannot. We can get into that later literally if you cannot. want. Yeah, maybe <laughs> hey, we'll see how much time we have left. Okay. So,
0: from, so, from somebody looking in that's not too experienced in the industry. Okay, lighting designer.
2: You're saying I'm not experienced in the industry? No, I think he's talking for himself. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, we're talking oh, third, third, party. I'm third party. Oh, I got party. Well, because you pointed at me. I'm third party. Well,
0: okay, lighting designer. Uh, crew chief or tech, Bank basically. Yeah, okay, Problem solver, Uh, problems. Okay, that's that's what I was gonna ask you next. So technically, your your what you do, crew chief, to me sounds like you take
2: care of. He's uh, human flex
1: seal, is what he is. (laughs) If you you have if you've got you got a problem
2: now, we can say flex seal, but I can't use my coffee mug. I'm just I'm just just trying to ground rules. (laughs) That's true. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So um, fires happen, and you're the guy that puts it out. Fires happen. I either put it out or I help people put it out.
2: Yeah. Sometimes he starts them. I start fires. <laughs> Usually,
3: intentionally. He so does. Work intended sometimes intended. he starts fires that set rehearsal back by four week, four days. What was it, four days? He didn't start it.
2: What fire? We had a fire at rehearsal? No.
0: So, how long have you guys been <laughs> actually working? You guys are together? I don't I know. I'm like an old, I I know, old married couple at this I, sometimes, point. Sometimes. I
2: sit down. I don't know what's so going
1: on. So, here's around. a good question How How long have you guys yeah. been together on Luke? I came on.
3: In at the end of 2015, mm-hmm. uh, in, around July 2015. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, since then, yeah. Okay. Uh, honestly, since so go- since so COVID, time doesn't really make sense to me anymore. So, so. almost ten sure. years. It Ro- is almost getting, ten years. Yeah, almost
1: ten years. Wow. Right. And we've while. just been
3: getting closer and closer.
1: What, what anniversary is that? Is that paper? What, what I do you know. get for ten years? A gazebo.
2: You guys, no, you guys should get a that's gazebo. That's different. It's not a circumstance. So, bring, bring,
1: bringing <laughs> this back, bringing this back on track.
2: Just so you know, we're going to be full of inside jokes that nobody's going to get. That's fine. You but know what what, we it's watch great. this later with our families. Everybody we'll laugh, yeah, but they won't.
1: That's that's really all we're here for. This is
2: really just for us.
1: Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, so, and gonna, you, uh, barely. Uh, we'll start at that end of the table. All right. Yeah, that's a smart so. Life. Yeah, I already figured that one out. <laughs> uh, I'm trying. So, I'm doing so good, buddy. Can I use your Can I use your uh, nickname? Yeah, Is absolutely. That, okay, so, yeah. Snooch Chris Lighthall, known as Snooch. So, would you Where'd you grow up? what Would you grow up doing? what Would you want to be when you grow up? Like, like kind of give me that that background.
3: Uh, born and raised in Huntsville, Alabama. Still live there. Hmm. Um, from a theater background, both parents very involved in theater. My mother directs, acts. My father. Uh, mostly audio, special effects, things like that. Growing up, I really wanted to be an architect for a long time. Um, I've always enjoyed piecing things together and uh, designing, which I mean, I guess does sure. correlate into correlates what into what we do now. Um, uh, switched to wanted to be a vet for a long time, you know, and then that required more schooling than I think <laughs> I was. Well, I, actually, truthfully. I got, I got the bug to do what I do now, uh, around 12 or 13, local theater. Uh, when I could start working, started working at a local lighting company called Theatrical Lighting Systems, which was in Huntsville, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I could program the high-end systems uh, LCD controller. Uh, the one with the joystick? Yeah, with the one with the joystick. <laughs> and then if you... So you have to select your uh, IntelliBeams or TrackSpot yep. Cyberlights. But if you... You make your adjustment, but if you accidentally selected a second one, it would then clone what you were doing from the first one to the second one, and you have to start over because you can only do one fixture at a time. Mm -hmm. It's very makes sense, but it is a very—I love that controller. It's very clever. Well, it's
1: pretty intuitive. I mean, I remember it really was.
3: It's rack mounted too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a rack mounted controller. Um, So I could do that. So the owner of TLS thought that was neat, and he hired me to. Uh, sweep floors after so high school.
1: how old were you? So I started
3: working at TLS when I was 15. Okay. So I had to get a, a work so, permit and all that. Um, so I, I would come in, like, I don't know, after school for an hour. Right. And then on Saturdays. So I, I would literally sweep the floor, empty the trash cans, and on Saturdays, once I got done with those things, then I could jump in to help prep and right. do the things I wanted to do. Oh,
0: okay. Very nice. Yeah.
3: And then, you know, slowly through time, um, as I got older and obviously was allowed to go out on shows, went out on a few shows and started reading console manuals and fixture manuals and, and all those things, and eventually kind of, I guess, became my own tech uh, designer for, for a long time. Still designed some things, but I think nowadays I'm more of a tech guy. Yeah. And I, then that led me to here eventually, yeah.
1: Well, I think when I first met you, which would have been... Eleven, maybe.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you were you were doing a lot of console op and yeah. programming at that point.
3: <laughs> there was a, a point where, um, in at TLS, uh, I would, I wasn't so I was considered. This is gonna sound really uh, arrogant. I was considered too valuable to just like go do basic prep sure, stuff. Not at all. So I would just sit at my desk, which I finally had a desk. I was very proud of myself. And I was very proud because I was with like Hummel and Palmer for a long time. Those, those crew chiefs were, they were considered like, oh, when you get a desk, you're a real crew chief, right. like a, a real desk finally. Wow. And, uh, and then they, then it became less cool once I got a desk. Anyway, mm-hmm. people would, or my boss would say, stop coming to Chris with problems. You need to figure it out yourself. Cause I don't know. I like helping people and fixing things. if I can. It's like an innate thing for you just a I I think so. Um, nice sometimes I, I try to not be too overbearing with that stuff but it comes quickly and it can also come out it, it can sound like it's like this is what you need to do but i'm really not i'm just trying to you know well, sure offer
1: well because you've already worked the problem in your head right, right? so it's i it's, try to yeah so you've already kind of got a roadmap and you're just trying to impart mm-hmm. the direction right. i get that i think there's a i think a lot of good crew chiefs come across that way though, right? Like yeah. you've kind of already, that's kind of your whole gig is to to kind of work the problem and have a plan. Yeah. Well, and also, we
3: I mean, there. you and I both kind of, I think crested that hill right as our industry was kind of embracing newer technologies, yeah. you know, computerized consoles. I know it's it's crazy to say that, but that wasn't really a thing up until, I don't know, I'd say twelve years, fifteen years yeah. ago, yeah. which is oh, you know, wow. a long time, but no, it's fairly recent. Yeah, wow. um, so a lot of the a lot of the more established, uh, techs and crew chiefs, yeah. mm-hmm. just that's not what they wanted to do, and to this day, there are still many that, you know, they have no interest in networking or.
1: Well, I was gonna say it's it's a almost completely different skill set when you jumped from, uh, you know, two four hundred amp services of Demers to moving into a couple networking racks, right? Sure. You know, and of, yeah. right. Yeah, Both. exactly. Yeah. So it's in struggles.
3: one way, it's gotten simpler, like with LED and everything being as efficient as it is, even though it has crept back up to yeah. you know, 1200 <laughs> watt LED fixture, yeah. you know, it's still less. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, that may be simpler, quote, unquote, but each fixture is half a universe.
1: Well, the signal the <laughs> signal flow got <laughs> yeah. signal flow got more complicated, mm-hmm. right? Because it's, it's not as visible anymore. When we were talking analog, it was really point to point kind of signal flow, right? And now it's here is a box that does a whole bunch of stuff, and a bunch of things happen in there. Right. Good luck, right? You know. Um, so I think that's. Uh, I think you're right. We, that was definitely because I came out of the age of. I, I started on an NSI console with mm-hmm. the LCD display and little oh, yeah. wheel, you know, and then it was finally moving into, what was it a uh, Martin case consoles that had that stupid ribbon cable that would always come out. Um, and then, you know, moving into where we are now. Yeah, but there was definitely a huge change.
3: I mean, I think when I started the most complicated thing. Okay, there were so IntelliBeam, CyberLights, TLS was a huge high end systems company. So I'm going to say a lot of high end systems for them. Uh, I think one of the more complicated things were like, oh, here's a scroller. Like, oh, this is really, you know, you got to make sure you plug it in a certain order. You can't hot swap them. Mm -hmm. you got to do all these things Um, because they were just
1: constantly updating. Constantly updating. Because it would start to stretch out.
3: Oh, tightening a scroller. Yeah, I don't miss those days. I kind of do, actually. Do you I ever th- have to do that?
2: Tightening down a parkin, it that's got a scroll on the side. You can't oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, there's only
3: one uh, one uh, tightening nut on this. Yeah. It's going to just, just, just start droop forward. to
2: get that safety wrap around the yoke. Just yeah, pretty much. times to hold it up. Yeah. yeah. Fade to black and just hear, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: You can't move them at zero count. Did <laughs> <laughs> you just, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah. S- the scroll falls off, flies up. This
1: is a whole section that only lighting guys aren't going to understand. That's true. Yeah.
2: Old lighting guys. Yeah. So uh, they're coming so back.
0: We, we talked about uh, Snooch's history. Let's uh, go ahead and talk about yours. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I grew up in kind of like a musical family, I guess to say. Like I mean, My dad played music when he was younger and it was just always a thing. So just inherently, I was just drawn towards music. Um, I didn't really have, I mean, I, I love tech. I'm not, I'm not super like involved in it. I don't want to know. I kind of want to know how things work. But I'm not, like, so involved that I want to know, understand how, why things work. I'm just like, hey, this does that, and I don't know what it does, I don't know why. You want to
3: know enough to be able to apply it. Like, you want to know, like, it's not outside the realm of possibilities. Yeah, it's it's
2: more of, for me, it's more of a curiosity than it's like, I need to know this. Right. Mm. um, But uh, anyway, I, I, you know, growing up, I I just, I was always drawn to it. When I I went to my first concert, I thought, wow, it was really cool. Um, But I, I remember, I remember... Seeing people going to concerts in high school and seeing people before the show climbing up rope ladders to mm-hmm. go around spot and just looking at the rigging and look at cable picks and PAs and front of house and like, what are all these people doing? Like, how do they, like, who are these people? Right. Um, so I was kind of always intrigued by that. And then just being in, in high school and in college and playing in bands and uh, it just kind of gravitated and just being just a teenager in America sure. and watching. MTV every day back when I played music videos and had concert footage and stuff. Hmm. Um, I was just really just drawn to the wow, industry. Wow, you are old. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> I am. and it's almost my they nap played time. music videos on MTV. Uh, and uh, yeah,
3: it's not just Team Mom. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what you're talking about.
2: Um, but so I, I, I kind of was geared towards that, and as I got in, into high school, and of course, you know, the, the, there's just like that pressure on you when you're 16 to like pick the direction of your yeah. life. I was like, I don't know what the direction of my life is. Like, I don't really want to work in an office. I don't really want to wear a suit every day. Um, I kind of knew all the things I didn't want to do. Um, and then uh, I, I went to, like, one year of college, and uh, I failed miserably. It was community college, which is impossible to fail out of. This guy did. Um, I just stopped going. Well, be good at something. Yeah. Give him me, give me a cheer. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Yeah, good nice. job, <laughs> See that, dad? <laughs> <laughs> People are cheering me.
1: Well, if you're going to be good at something, yeah. you
2: know. Uh, yeah, if you're going to be good at something. Yeah. Might as well be happy. sucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but then I, I kind of, st- there was, uh, I grew up around the Philadelphia area. Okay. And uh, in Philadelphia, there was like some recording studios that had like internship programs. And I, so I started researching that, and I thought, wow, working in recording studio is kind of cool, because, I mean, I like music, I'm in bands, maybe I can... So then my, my, I started kind of thinking, like, okay, maybe I'll be like, towards like, becoming like, a music producer um, if the band thing doesn't work out, uh, which, of course, it did not. Um, but then that just kind of led me to... So eventually I wound up with this program uh, in Philadelphia, the Art Institute of Philadelphia... Uh, which had a program called Music and Video Business. They used to advertise on MTV, speaking of which. Oh, you know, Full uh, circle, baby. Before the band takes a stage, before the – right, like that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I, I looked into that, and the benefit of that was it, it came with a, a associate's degree. You got a degree out of it. So it made it easier to sell to my parents. Sure. Like, okay, well, I'm not in college anymore, but I can get this as a degree, and I can still go be a record producer. Right. Uh, plus there's, like, you know, video courses, film, photography – uh, there's the business side of stuff too, so you learn like some management skills. And uh, it was it was not thorough. It wasn't a great education, but it was it was a broad spectrum yeah, just of kind of shotgun blast yeah. of yeah. Uh, there was one lighting class in there, and it was for sort of basically television production lighting. So it was like it was like this. Um, and uh, you know, of course, I'm going to be a record producer. Actually, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm not going to. I don't have to worry about any of this stuff. This is just my backup plan. Um, but then. The the benefit of that program was if you if you are uh, engaged enough, the teachers are all working professionals and they're all looking for interns and just cheap labor. Yeah. Right. So it's just basically a cheap labor market. <laughs> that you pay.
1: Well, it's, it's full uh, sale of the uh, northeast. I mean, and uh, I, uh. I got some I got
2: I hooked up with a, a guy whose name is Ed Franco um, out of Philadelphia and he was a, like an old Claire Brothers guy. Uh, worked for Electric Factory Concerts, uh, which is a big promoter in Philadelphia. Um, I'm sure it's part of Live Nation now.
1: I was gonna say, um, was that was that related to the Electric Factory, the venue?
2: Yes. Yeah, so the er- Electric Factory, the venue, was like one of the original rock and roll yeah. venues in Philadelphia. Which I think it's AEG now. Yeah, uh, and then but then that original one went away, and then the one that exists now came back in like the mid '90s or okay. '90s, where they kind of converted and, and made their own like sized venue. Yeah, because um, there was always like in Philly, there was like the Tower Theater, and then there was like the Spectrum. Right. And you know, if you were Pink Floyd or Dave Matthews, you could go to the stadium. Um, but uh, so anyway, so electro factory concerts. Um, so he got me some jobs out of college, just being stagehand, being just pushing cases. Um, uh, you know, just loading in, loading out. Uh, just, just kind of brutal work for no money. Um, interning for free, doing some some things around town, and uh, but but just kind of knowing. What I knew about the business was like, and it would drive my parents nuts. Like, you're literally going to work, and you have to pay to park, but they don't, you know, they don't give you money at yeah. all. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's experience. I'm getting paid in experience. Like, College yeah, credit. You're, yeah, you're you're getting used, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, but it, but just just keep my nose to grindstone and just persisting and just just working hard and and being moving that a little bit closer to you. There is you this go. is this better? <laughs> You were
1: you were right at the. Did first I go line. over my time? Yeah. Did I, yeah,
2: the red light came on. What's that red light mean? All um, oh,
3: you have to do is say reclaiming my time, and it's fine. <coughs> oh, yeah. yeah,
2: yes, that's good. <laughs> when do we start recording? <laughs> no, you and got you, go. it's your fault. So yeah, no. you yeah, got you, it in the you, head. you got me off. Um, but anyway, so an opportunity came up to to get a uh, an interview at uh, working as a, a stagehand at the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City. Um, which at the time, Atlantic City was—I mean, just any major show that came through Philadelphia went to Atlantic sure. City. What like year was it on? It's like '95. Okay. Um, and uh, when I went down there for an interview, they uh, sitting the at a table and they're like, "So we were—we're were departmentalized. So you're either audio crew, video crew, right. lighting crew. Well, at the time, it was AV. It wasn't really video. Um, and I—I I, I knew just from doing enough gigs around Philadelphia pushing cases that the lighting crews always had more people working. There's more stuff, right? So I didn't know anything about it. I just said lighting crew. I said, okay, cool. We'll, we'll have we'll have our guy call you, and he called me uh, for, can you run spot up? He runs spotlight, and I was like, oh. And he goes, it's yes or no. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I went down, and I mean, I was I was the bad spot up. I was the guy with the, the chopper and the the, the yeah. iris was Oh, that would open up here, and, iris, and, and yeah, <laughs> and not able to line it up, and yeah, and um, I said fade to black. Yeah, and I, it was and luckily, and we also did a lot of, like, these kind of in-house productions um, for the Asian community, for some reason. It was just a lot of well, it's, it's, uh, Korean it's, shows, it's just very prevalent in, the, in Atlantic is. City, though. Yeah, and, I mean, but huge productions. Yeah. Um, uh, of these people, you know, you'd show up, there'd be, like, 14 synthesizers on stage, and, you know, one little Chinese woman singing songs, and the <laughs> people be going crazy. And you sit there for three and a half hours doing these shows, not understanding a word, but just thinking, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, but anyway, so I worked in that environment for about two years uh, before I got an opportunity to go on the road and then just went as, on a small theater show, one truck show, uh, as, a, as a stage electrician, plugging in dimmers and running cable and hanging cyber lights and studio collars. <laughs> um, but the, the designer on that show uh, out of the UK, uh, a guy named uh, Pete Kramer, who owns a company called Storm Lighting. Um, kind of took me under his wing and he had to go off for a couple weeks towards the end of that tour. So he kind of trained me on how to just update positions and run a show. It was on the hog too. And, uh, it was a single, single queue stack for the whole show. It was probably wow. 100, 120 cues. I don't yeah. I can't remember what it was. It wasn't ridiculous at the time. it felt like, you know, I was in charge of this yeah. huge rocket ship. Um, and then the following year, he wasn't going to come back on the tour. He was just going to design it and hand it off. So he's like, Hey, I'll just train you to be the LD. And that's really I just jumped in the seat and started calling spots. It was two spotlights. It was you know a handful. It was like maybe thirty six moving lights and park hands and conventionals. But wow. every day tying into a new theater, and sure. it's just you know the the routine of it and being on the road. Um, and that was kind of my. my How old were one. you at this point? Uh, Mid twenties, so okay. like twenty twenty six. All right. Um, and uh, but then I kind of uh, that I did that gig for three years, and oh, right finally uh, after nine eleven. Uh, like a lot of things, ticket sales kind of sure. plummeted off, and then they, they, they kind of canceled their tour, and then I just got some other opportunities from people that, you know, come fill in, at, you know, do this gig, do that gig. Um, and then just all along the way, it was just wherever I could, you know, I just learned how a little bit more about programming, a little bit more about, you know, work with somebody and be like, oh, I didn't know a console did that, like, right. you know, fanning timing on a, like, if you had right. the pig down on the, the hot two, <laughs> you can, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, wow, that's magic, right? Like, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for two and a half years, and I just found this out. Mm. Um, and I met some uh, along the way, just some, some really valuable people in my life that just gave me an opportunity and just gave me knowledge, just, just sat with me and were like, you know, I don't take things very seriously until I do. So a a lot of like what we do, this, the banter is, it's just how we operate. It's just like underneath it all, there's this level of seriousness and professionalism and we're gonna get the job done and we're gonna do it as best we can. And it's, you know, we, we strive for, for quality. Like we're not ever really satisfied. Up here, it's just like we're just mocking each other and mocking ourselves constantly <laughs> um, because we want to laugh, want to have a good time. And we yeah, we laugh all the time. Trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As he cowers He's in the corner. <laughs> He's five. <laughs> He's <fine.
1: laughs> rocking back and forth. He's for like,
2: I'm, I'm managing too many crews. <laughs> 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 I'm like, this coffee's warm. So why isn't the rig up yet?
1: So we're we're what? We're in we're in the early two thousands at this point. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So what was kind of because you how long have you been with Luke? I know you guys have been together on Luke for about ten years. How long have you been with I, Luke? I started trouble? with him
2: in two thousand twelve. Okay.
1: So what what was that interim period kind of two thousand two, three to you getting to Luke? What was that kind of
2: journey like? Uh it's like, like medium security. Five years of it. (laughs) Um, it it was a lot of trial and error. There there was some times there there was a period, and right after I left that that theater show, which called Spirit of the Dance, it was like a Irish dance show. It was like a I don't want to say it was a knockoff, but it was a (laughs) total knockoff of Riverdance. It was like a B market version, right? Mm. Um, And after that happened, and I kind of was I I went after that. I did a a tour with Brian McKnight, which was kind of cool. It was my first like like, experience running lights with a band on stage yeah. and, like, an artist, like, performing. It's so really cool. Well, and this would um, have been... He would have been... It was still towards the
1: beginning of his kind of high point, right? Like, I guess so. Com- coming yeah. down off of
2: it. Uh, I felt like he was doing pretty good at the yeah. time. I mean, I wasn't really in tune with, like, his record sales or it's not yeah. like, you know, I wasn't yeah. at all involved in the business side of things. Um, but then uh, when that ended... I, I was kind of, I, I was living in New Jersey at the, at the time. I was living at the beach. I would go home. I basically, I didn't have a place of my own, so I'd just go rent weeklies uh, and spend all the money I spent touring or made touring just, just trying to live, live, live at the it. beach. Hmm. Um, but I got a call from a friend of mine to go do a circus called the Universe Soul Circus, hmm. um, which is a legit circus in a tent. I remember that. Um, yeah, it was a big, very light rig. It was, it was, cu- it was cool. It was huge. But you're literally working in a circus Americans. in a tent in the summertime in mall parking lots across America, and uh, it was yeah. attrition. At first, it was really cool. Um, towards the end of it, I I needed out of there so badly that I nearly quit the gig. I almost quit quit production in general. the industry in general. Yeah, my my dad uh, had retired at that point. He has his own consulting business. He he worked in kind of the food service industry. Um, once he re- he retired from the government. Um, and I almost, he had a client that, that was trying to get into their manufacturing, like, dried meats. And they are trying to get in, like, selling beef jerky and trying to distribute okay. this line of beef jerky. Mm-hmm. And he actually took me to a meeting with this company and sat down at a table. And they were like, so what's your experience in sales? I was <laughs> like, I got none. I do lights. So I just got off a circus. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not the greatest sales pitch ever. But I didn't get the job. Um, tell us about tell us about your dry meat sales. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's beef tricky. How are you going to sell it? Right? Hey, truck stuff. It sells itself. It, yeah. sells itself. it sells itself. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's oh, yeah. amazing. Uh, a little company, a uh, little startup company called Jack Links. I think it's called. Oh, it. no, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> they failed. They failed. <laughs> Too big um, to fail. But uh, <sighs> what was the question? Uh, what we're happened? You were kind of on your journey to Luke. Journey to Luke. So. Um, that failed. Uh, obviously I obviously didn't do that. And then, um, I worked with this guy on the on the circus. Uh, a very dear friend of mine, Heath Maronin, uh, out of Omaha. Uh, he works with uh, with uh, not a TMS, not
0: TL. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, in Omaha.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came out through the Dave Matthews World. And I was a big Dave Matthews fan, so when I first met him, it was very much like, "Oh, wow, you're cool. You've done like big shows and stuff." Yeah. And he had just finished up with that, and but he was is a great programmer and he really kind of, uh, he came in and we had a catalyst system on the circus uh, with the big projectors and moving mm-hmm. head mirror. Oh, the thing. orbital head system. Yeah. Oh wow. And so he, it would just have come out. So uh, he had gotten some information from Brad Schiller about it yeah. and he was there to program catalyst. Well, there's two versions of the circus, East and the West show. So at this point it was the, my second year out there. I was just coming out to program it. Um, and he, he, came out the program catalyst and he we just would sit there they had no content for anything um so we would literally just sit in a circus tent overnight kind of programming some stuff but just laughing just having a great time um, huh. but it was really kind of like programming school for me because it was him and another guy S- just, a theme here sounds familiar <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and and uh they they were really just these these two kind of like you know minds of the industry just kind of sitting with me and this this kid who was like I'm not even a kid. I just felt like a kid because I don't yeah, know. Like, I don't know what you know, and I would just just pick their brains, and they would just I would show me things, or I would just watch, and say, like, oh, okay, yeah. I see what you did there. Um, and then, but on that circus, because it was just me out there, um, essentially, I, I mean, with this big, very light rig, I would just literally sit and just learn how to program. I would just, right. I, would, I would just, I would start. They wanted the show changed. I was there to kind of change the show. Uh, I was called a programmer, but I wasn't really in in programming form at all uh but i you know i just kind of taught myself just by doing it just by sitting with this rig and this, this circus sure, tent right yeah. i mean and it's it's the only way i can not the only way i can learn but the way i learn is by doing mm, is right. by touching things and by that was wrong why am i not doing this right oh there it is right now i know um i don't read manuals well i i don't read anything well i just i don't have the attention span i'm sure i you know i'll my eyes will be going over words right and thinking of things not involved at all in the room. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, we'll I
1: circle just,
3: back to the he can't read thing later. Yeah, yeah it's
2: it's a thing. I'll, I got plans, though. I got plans. Well, we'll
1: take up a donation. I we'll, can read We'll pictures. put a scroller at the bottom.
2: Put a ticker in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I'm good with colors and uh, <laughs> uh, decent timing. There you <laughs> are. And here we are. Is that the answer to the question? So, uh, short story, very, very long. Um, it just, uh, you know, eventually on that... that? <laughs> Actually, here you go. Here's a curveball. Uh, on that circus, I met a girl uh, who lived uh. in Nashville, and which led to me moving to Nashville. What um, year was this? When did you move? Oh, 2003. Okay. Mm. it's My first year. And, um, and then once I moved to Nashville, I started getting hooked up with like some production companies and some tours. And being, a, a again, a youngish LD who was competent and now could program some, uh, just some doors started of opening up, some opportunities opened up, and just you know, one opportunity to another, and just just sure. how things snowball in this industry, like in any industry, I'm sure. Um, and uh, I was working over at Premier Global, and uh, I did a lot of work with them. In fact, that that company is very instrumental to me. I, I'm a good, great relationship with those guys still. Um, but they just gave me opportunities to design and to program things that if I was working for bigger companies, I would have been right. way down on the list. So uh, that kind of that kind of you know. Uh, Expedited my my path, um, but I got a, I was over there one time just in their office, and I got a phone call. Or Creech, who's yeah. one of the account managers over there, came into the room and just threw a piece of paper on the table. Goes, call this guy. They're looking for an LD. That's a great Creech impression. <laughs> <right? laughs> love him. Hey Creech, love you, buddy. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just oh, like, he's okay. not going to listen to this. No, 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 nobody is. We saw the views. Um, so. <laughs>
1: Thanks, guys. Oh, I, <laughs> hi, Mom.
2: Hi, <laughs> Dad. So, uh, <laughs> I mean that with love. I mean, we'll change it. Obviously.
1: I mean that, that uh, you know, that loving way of nobody watches your podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have a podcast, so you guys are lucky.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's you're lucky stuff. to be here is all I'm saying. Uh-oh. Oh,
3: <laughs> it's true.
2: This, like, this, is not, this is going straight is to the cutting gigantic. floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, so I called, and I, I got, at the time, uh, he was, it was his last year as an opening act, and the year prior I had done some programming work with Fenton Williams on the Tim McGraw tour, and Luke Bryan was the opening act. Okay. And I, so I kind of saw firsthand the the, right. the guy and the, the, the act, and I was like, this is, this is definitely trending in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, we had just had our first daughter, uh, Abby Grace, and um, I was making an attempt to stay home off the road. Um, by the way, uh, not with the girl who I moved to Nashville for; that that didn't end well. Copy, mm-hmm. um, but it's we remained friendly. Um, I actually bought a house in the same neighborhood that she li- that we lived in, and uh, uh, a year later I met my now wife, and yeah, so. Just to ah, gotcha. It. Not That's like if, nobody, if
1: nobody's listening to this podcast, why would you feel? Not they to, need to confuse, qualify all that. Not to confuse <laughs> the twelve people just. that
2: I would be watching this. <laughs> By the way, are no longer watching because yeah. <laughs> they dropped off. Yeah, I'll catch long next week. I won't be at all upset if you cut this part out. <laughs> um, but I, so I was trying to stay home, and it just it wasn't working out. Like it was just. Sure. First of all, the, the the freelance thing sucks. Like when you don't know where you're working next week, you don't know, and you're just waiting for. The phone, you got a gig for life. You shut up. I'm a freelancer. Um, well, I know, but I mean, like, like that well, freelance I mean, mentality because, like, like, oh, cool. I got a week this week, I got you know, 10 days uh, in two weeks, yeah. but there's nothing in March. Well, I mean, that and whole and feast
1: like, or famine thing everybody says it, but it's true. It's I mean, it's true. 100% true,
2: and and you don't know until the phone rings, and mm-hmm. then the phone rings, you're like, oh, cool, okay, yeah. But you like you start getting towards like the end of your, your schedule, and you're like, I don't have anything lined up. Like, is, uh, is there that's where I am.
3: I, I'm, we're fine, obviously, but. Like we're almost the end of this tour right. and I'm yeah. in like low key panic mode, even though I know next year sure. and S- there's things lining up. up, but yeah, no, it's, you know,
1: so I think, I think that's a, that's a common thread for everybody.
2: Yeah. So yeah. having gone through a year of that, the first year of, of, you know, fatherhood, I just thought, you know, I, I kinda, I think I want to, like it sucks, but it's national touring. So we're home every weekend or right. home every week. We're going, going on weekends. There's chunks of the year that we're, we're off. Um, it's a, know, it's a salary gig, so I get a check every two weeks. Um, I was like, th- these things now matter. matter to me more than yeah, yeah. being the cool programmer guy or being the best in the industry. Like now, I just need to, like, you know, I just need to make money for the next twenty five years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that—that's that, <laughs> be honest, that's my complete motivation for everything. It's like, I just got to feed my kids. You know, I gotta, well, yeah, I got to yeah. pay for healthcare and and school and. Well, cars I, think, and I
1: think when you're in your twenties, like it's it's real easy to do the rock star thing like i'm just it, gonna go it's gonna be bounce, fun yeah, yeah i'm gonna going to bounce a around bust
2: to yeah. bus i'm gonna be
3: the biggest right. programmer yeah. in the world yeah
2: right i'm gonna yep. yeah i want the biggest i want the biggest tours and the like and yeah then you
3: sit this. down behind an actual good programmer you're like
1: oh <laughs>
3: yeah <laughs> you're I really mean, good
1: it's, well it's, well it's good programmers happens. are like rock stars everybody yeah. wants to be a really yeah. good programmer but well, there's, there's, there's only a handful of them out there's times
2: where i'm like oh man i'm pretty good at this and then yeah exactly you sit behind somebody or see something somebody else has done here it's like hack in the world <laughs> a lot of people hire me. I wouldn't even hire me right? yeah. you know there's, there's times and it's funny because like like right now we're at the end of our tour right so we've seen this show we, we, we spent a month snooching the annex down in Nashville uh, putting this thing together and programming it into the content and all that stuff um, and we got out of it and we're like well this looks really good it all came together pretty nicely by this point in the year I'm just looking at it like well that's a mistake that sucks right. uh, I should have gone further right. with that this is like what was I even thinking here this is bad. But and the thousands of people that see it, they don't yeah, see it either. and, it's, yeah. and it comes time. down to, because uh, I'll tell anybody, is you know, when you program a show and you put a show together, I and mean, it's literally thousands of just micro decisions, mm-hmm. just little tiny, nuancy things that you're doing and spending time on. And for someone to either criticize it, <laughs> you're right, like out of the gate, you're just like, Grr. Oh, it's, no it's devastating. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, but at the same time, like they're not all going to be winners. Like sure. there are some moments, like, that's the best thing I've ever done, yeah. and that's immediately followed by the, like, was that in the console when I turned it on? Like, yeah. Like, it was that. Just this, a, this is my default yeah, thing that the, I throw to when I can't Is the demo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. are right, like, yeah. You know, what, what website I download that from?
1: And so. answered Ballyhoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right,
2: exactly. <laughs> um, oh, wow, another Ballyhoo with everything blinking. That's such oh, a <laughs> so genius. Random sine wave. Just yeah. turn it all on and point it at the audience. Yeah. Um,
1: anyway i I've, i'm sorry no so i, I guess from that let's kind of we figured out how you got here so kind of how is how is luke cuz you were there basically from the beginning how how has yeah. that progressed for you in terms of kind of complexity you know where you, where luke started and where you guys yeah. have ended now what what does that look like as far as complexity of show
2: um I don't know if there's been that much of change. I mean, things got really big for a while. I mean, like, really big. Uh, it just kind of progressively got bigger and bigger and bigger and more complex and uh, with automation, and then we went through a phase where, like, everything was automated. Sure. Uh, pyro and everything. And we had stuff coming out of the stage and, and trusses and video walls moving and all this stuff. Um, and then, of course... Kind of overshot the runway on some of those things, and, and costs got out of control. And then right. of course, the, the, it's like the, the opposite th- effect. We need to make things more affordable, like you know, yeah. and and cost effective. And so then you start kind of dialing in. Okay, well, how can we kind of get the same gags and the same you know overall production values cheaper, right? Less expensive, right? On a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, so that's, like, another set of, like, creative skills you just start to learn and, and trying to do something different than you did last year. I think that's one of the biggest things is doing the same, essentially the same show every year. Right, but But, but trying different. to change it and yeah. make it out, you know, different from the previous year, which, which you can do so much with at a certain point unless, you know, like we don't have the kind of the business model on our touring where we can go out and have all new fixtures this year. We can't have right. the all new whatever from whoever this year, and then next year have the all new whatever from whoever. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Like, we have to make conscious purchase, purchasing decisions with the vendors. elite, sure. um, and, and kind of commit to using that gear for years down the road. So you're kind of find using the same gear, finding new applications, new design positions, new elements, whatever you can do to try and make it a little bit different. Um, which is, it's tricky because at the end of the day, you know, when they play country girl in 2014, it's essentially the same exact way they're playing country girl. in Right. 2000 they haven't changed anything, but you've got to change it. Minor changes. Right. Yeah. So, you know, you get, it's really easy to get stuck into. This is my red song. This is my blue song. Mm-hmm. This is my green song. Right? Yep. <laughs> like, you know, um, the content. Oh, we have content for this. We'll just remap right. it for new screens. Um, But at a certain point, like, we, we, you know, and there's a fair bit of that where we will just kind of continue on as much as we can. But we make a a very conscious effort to, like, we need to revamp. We need to redo this. We need to. um, And we've done that through the course of time with bringing in programmers, different different programmers. Some stuff I've programmed um, a couple years ago. We switched to a three, and I actually couldn't find a three programmer, so I I've kind of jumped back into the programming seat.
1: And I thought that was a really good show, by the way. because I, I saw that show, I thought I thought it was
2: great, and that's why this is my favorite podcast. Yeah, today. there I'm you go. <laughs> yes, I bring you back. Yeah.
1: Now that we have hundreds of listeners, yes. now that we've brought Justin back yes. to our side, I will
2: literally I will put a link on my Facebook page, <laughs> and literally my thirty five friends. Will but click I, on I think
1: I think that's a testament, though. Like watching that show, and I think the thing that I've seen kind of consistently in your design is 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 depth, mm. and having that depth, I think, makes a huge difference.
2: Yeah, one thing I just drives me insane is straight trusses. Yeah. I just, I'm wired against it. And this year we actually went with straight trusses as a change. Because <laughs> usually everything's got like a little, I mean, literally it's like I go into Vectorworks and I'll throw some trusses in and it's like, rotate 15 degrees. <laughs> right? Oh, 15 doesn't look right. i 17. I don't even degrees. know if this is possible, right? but like, it yeah. looks good on paper. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then they're like, well, where's where's the cable bridge? It's like, I don't, I don't know. That's your problem. <laughs>
1: So, so I guess that's, so then moving that to you, how, since you've, since you've been there in this last decade, how is, how has it changed for you in the back end? Cause that's primarily where you're at as you guys have moved through this stuff, technology has changed. How, how, how has that kind of affected how you're thinking through the show and how you're executing the show?
3: For me and everything I touch, it's actually gotten a little more unified uh, a couple of years ago. We switched to uh, more of a VLAN system, fiber backbones and everything, um, Luminex products. Which are great, by the way. Which are great, by the way, legitimately. And that helped. um, That's the best way to say that. That helped me just organize so I could, I don't have to worry about, oh, we have just the MA net and an art net. Now we have an MA net and an art net and a streaming ACN net and a COM net and. Cameras and all these other things in there, um, and it it simplifies things. You can just you just plug into the switch, and then uh, let's say I don't know, someone comes to me and says, "I need um I need to plug a robo in here." I was like, "Oh great, well, let me just assign that port to the, right. to, the to the video VLAN." And you just plug it in. You don't have to run a whole nother cable. You know, I mean, our Denver Beaches have become simpler, even though our fixture our parameter count is increasing every year just because it's these manufacturers are just making more and more capable sure. lights because they can it's cost-effective for them
1: so are you, are you putting um, are you essentially putting Luminex switches at all positions at this point yeah yeah so there's there's you know a couple it at, at
3: both Timber beaches there's one in front of house there's uh, one on stage now uh, there's a couple over by me and video village and then we have switched to the, the four port nodes as well up in trusses because again a lot of these fixtures we have this year they're just you know a normal you know they're 175 channels each 180 sure. 200 channels um so one one stick of truss is six universes so it's Like, well, why why run six plus spares of hard copper up there let's just run, you know, run, run. a couple of other nets there we go yeah yeah
1: that's great we started i just built a rack for uh, we just did a row investment, yeah. and so I put a Luminex switch in that. Which it's great because now I can section off and have you know control of each. You know, because I think uh, I think the processors kind of need their own right. network, and then I was yeah. able to create a separate network for some other stuff in there. Or it
3: helps; like you don't yeah, have right. to. No one has to do these things. Like, Correct. You, if you, if you lay it out correctly, everything can exist on the same network it's a lot of thinking though it's a lot of pre-planning but it's also if anything has a any kind of issue and it and it throws packets everywhere it's gonna corrupt the whole thing and you have to reboot Uh, as far as my job it it has gotten more complex um just because i i came on as the catalyst operator and then that evolved to the we had a spider at the time so catalyst spider and then video crew chief and then we started adding in you know, the follow me system and Helix net and things like that as we kind of branch out our technology. Sure. And then this last year was my first year being the lighting crew chief as well. So next year audio crew chief. Well he's I'm, taking <laughs> over the world. He's coming yeah. from a job. <laughs> I, I see the
2: writing on the wall. Uh
1: so I so how has that affected your kind of day to day now on tour that you're having to watch kind of you're having to babysit two teams at this point. H- how has that kind of changed your day?
3: It's it's not really longer because I would I would get up anyway in morning walk through to to make sure I don't know house screens and PJ locations and all those are going to be okay. So that that's the same, but there's less uh, like during the in back when I was just a video crew chief, I could just sit and wait. You know, lighting will get started, and then. Oh, video's ready. Okay, guys, we're gonna start dumping the video trucks and start that. So now it's just, oh, we're going straight into load in. And right. um it's required me to I don't want to say trust, but rely on sure the team more and know that they're making the right decisions and I'm just there to if they have a question, say, Hey, Snooch, can you can you get me some hands or can you come here and take a look at this or what do you right. think we should do here? And it's bouncing back between radio channels, honestly, is most of my day. Yeah. Just
1: well, it's it's kind of having to rely on decentralized leadership at that point, right? Right. Like yeah, you know, having it, having some. It's guys. probably a
3: healthy way, honestly, a healthy leadership. Because right. you shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't hover. Like right. you shouldn't hover over management. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs>
1: well, and I mean, knowing the guys you have out there, you have, you oh, have yeah. a we fairly, have fantastic crew. Yeah. Absolutely. On all departments.
2: We do, and we have low turnover. It's, I mean, it's.
1: I know because I try to steal them all the time for other stuff yeah. too, and they yeah. turn. It's me down. hard. They turn me down. It's hard to steal those guys. <laughs> yeah, it it really good. is, which I think is a testament hey, yeah, to I'm both stealable. of y'all.
2: Well, we have a lot of dirt on everybody. you you
1: Well, I think it's a testament to to both of y'all to have such low turnover, and and to have have a group of guys that are that loyal. I, yeah, mean, I mean, because I honest to God, I have tried to steal but we're, some. Of we're your also guys. the
2: recipients of the same generosity. I mean, we're, it's a, it's an amazing camp to work for. It's amazing people to work with. Um, so you, you just inherently, that's
3: you do have to maintain part. that low turnover though, because there was a period where it was it was chaotic, and and both departments had their little chaoses. Sure, and and it because we we're out every year. I like get it, yeah. it, I don't. There aren't that many artists that. Do a full tour every year. Um,
1: Well, and then you got you know you have farm tour on top of it. Yeah, it's kind of it's a big year. Right, you have have a bunch of stuff
2: going on. We're in Mexico for a a week every year in Cancun. it kind of starts our year off every year, which is we just consider it paid in advance for right farm tour. Essentially, (laughs) it's the end of the year. It's the opposite, Um, which is awesome. It's just attrition. It's like you're just your quality of life suffers for a couple weeks and. You know everything gets rained on. There's just always the the risk of you're going to wake up in the morning and have the worst day of your life.
1: I'm okay. going to say it's like living um, the worst festival day over and
3: over and over. Yeah, and for everybody day. doesn't
2: know, it's literally a traveling festival. We carry the stage, the vendors, the fencing, everything, everything, barricade. I mean everything. The only
3: thing we don't carry are the like the heavy machinery to move things around yeah. on site. Yeah,
1: um, if, if uh, you guys have not seen some yeah. some videos behind. State it is. You know, there,
2: there's some uh, it's, it's some uh, wild I mean, stuff watching you guys kind the scenes. But oh. I mean, it's and it's in farm fields, legit farm fields. Yeah. So, um, if you've never walked on a farm field, it's very soft. It's almost sand mm-hmm. soil, and when it rains, it just becomes quicksand. And if yeah. you try and drive drive a lull yeah. or a tractor trailer full of video panels it across that field, sinks. it just sinks. Um, and it's it doesn't take a lot for that to happen, but. Twenty thousand people show up, and they park their cars, and they come in, and they yeah. watch a show. They have a great time. We do a show, and it's how, like it's how many, how many of
1: those do you do? Like how many different farms are you guys normally hitting per year?
2: It's six now. It used to be eight. Two weeks, uh, three shows. What's literally.
1: your What's your load in look like on that? How 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 far in advance are you guys loading in to show day, and how many show days are you running per farm? I mean, so, what would you say? The morning of, yeah, it's morning just, oh, of, absolutely, okay. Okay.
2: yeah. They they, it's, they the last thing off the field at night is the stage. It's a like a I don't know what the brand of it is. but It's, like, uh, it's, it's an, an Apex. Up, Apex yeah. pop-up stage, 50th okay. quarter. And, uh, probably going to get an email about that. It's not an Apex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I well, I'll say, uh, stage line, Tom Wilson. <laughs> That's the genius behind it all right TV's there. Tom Wilson, um, everybody. Yeah, we, I mean, okay, so
3: away. on a farm tour date, we try and, I'm going to explain load in. Sorry. You can just go to sleep. Um, <laughs> Should I go? Yeah, go. say hi to Tom. <laughs> I'll go <through laughs> I am not the first up shout out to our stage manager blake because yeah. he is he is up at 5 30 and then goes to bed at 2 wow. maybe later so uh they we get on site assuming everything goes well uh the morning crew comes up uh we bring our own stagehands too by the way So that's another thing that's unique like okay. we have three or four buses of of Usually from Nashville, but so the upside
1: is these guys kind of know the routine. Absolutely.
2: By the second or third show, certainly by the second week, it's nearly autopilot. Right. Right. Okay. So that, so that, I'm
1: sure that's a tremendous help at that point. It really can
2: be. be. Yeah, it is absolutely. Well, especially because some of these places there's no labor. Right. So if they're not there, you have nobody. Yeah. So, anyway. so
3: up in the morning they they start construction on the stage um, there is a, an advanced team that that comes in and, and kind of marks out where things will go for that day so there we do have a very small team I think it's just a handful of people who go out and you know spray the field and everything you know, mark the field yeah uh, for fence locations and things like that so we'll come in they'll start construction on the stage hopefully by say 9 a.m we're ready to start packing okay, trucks wow. in. Um, and then from there, it's a normal load-in. You know, we, we keep all trucks at the stage. So we do cut down from our tour level. You know, we, we cut gear and we cut trucks and sure. sometimes we have to cut labor a little bit. Um, so it, it is more condensed, but we put we put a lot of stuff on is, that stage. Is it
1: relatively yeah. design-wise? Is, rel- is it a, a just stripped-down version of the tour?
2: It, it is, um, and it's a consideration in the design process for the show is how will this become farm tour? I and, got you. Um, because there isn't time to go in and reprogram. Right. I mean, and even we literally load in the day of the first show and anybody's worked a show outside knows you can't focus mm-hmm. until, until show dark and it's showtime and it's yeah. just first show. So, right. So the first couple shows are a little bit rougher because we are kind of knocking some stuff in the, in the position. I mean, like with Snooch Calvary's follow me in, you know, Ninety-five degrees, and yeah, in and broad I'm sitting on the floor yeah. trying to <laughs> look up <laughs> at the light. <laughs> right. like, I think it's hitting the mark. Uh, yeah, so so you know, there's a bit of a rush for that, but um, I, I mean, I'd be willing to bet we we probably put in eighty percent, if not more, of our touring production oh, wow. into this. I mean, we cram in every. There's only so many beams you can hit. Sure. Um, you know so we have to get creative with some of that stuff and cutting down sections. And, um, but uh, we work with our, our tour rigger Eric Smith, and uh, he's really good about. Knowing the loads and, and communicating with the roofing company and the weights and all stuff. stuff. Um,
3: yeah, because we can't just say this is what we're doing. That has to get approved right. by, yeah. the by the owner of the stage.
2: Because yeah. again, it's on a temporary structure right. on a field that could be mud. Yeah. Right? Like this all has well, to be. Well, I didn't even think legit. about that.
1: Ha- having, you know, roof roof weight is one thing, but then right? you got to take into account the field yeah. and what that's yeah. actually going to yeah. do. And sometimes
3: it, this doesn't affect it a ton, but, you know, we back our trucks up to it. Like, our first show this year, stage right was, like, a normal truck height, and then the field mm. sloped downward, and I swear, it was, like, eight feet to the bottom, and wow. so the, the ramp into the truck was, oh. like, a 30, 45-degree oh, angle. That, that it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. And that was the first show. We had We had come from a full show, so we had to pack trucks. Actually, we came from Vegas, but we had to pack <laughs> trucks in, a, in an odd way, so, like, there were double-stacked oh. caddies and everything. We're like, well, we got to get it out of here, so just... just actually it came easier like we're just gonna unstack these caddies in the truck because you don't want to push it up that i'm sorry but just everyone get around it and Mm -hmm. we'll just knock it out yeah um but yeah i mean farm tour there's a lot of complaints about it but it's it's it is
2: yeah
1: pretty cool what's it's it's a super cool concept i mean
2: it's it's really cool and it's it's really cool to see that many people come out and just genuinely love right life like the, the people that come out to that are not miserable that they're there. They're oh, no. just totally there to be there and they love being a part of it. And the misery is a part of it for them. We're not, you know, we're on the opposite side of it. We have the most comfortable existence That's on true. Tour, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, yeah, you know, there, there are days where, I mean, it's, it's just, it's the roughest thing ever, but the concept of it's really cool. The, the benefits are really cool. I mean, it, it does help, uh, the, some of the farming community and sure, um, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, you know, like I said, it's just it's attrition. You know? Yeah. The, the, the hardest thing is is trying to figure out where you're going to go to the bathroom every day. I mean, there's there's facilities, but it's not like you yeah. Know, yeah. yeah, you're at not. It's, yeah. I, I know people. I work
3: with people who will not go number two the entire week. You can say poop. They
1: will not poop. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean that's a that's a dicey environment. I'm, out there. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, it's my I cannot spirit. go a day. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I,
3: I will have, I will sit anywhere. Yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part.
1: Uh, <laughs> you got to catch it at the morning on festival day. It's like doing. Oh, things. that's so, true. Yeah, because they are it clean. First, you got to catch it first
3: thing in the morning. because so porta potties are are fresh daily. So if you can go out in the parking lot. Yeah. And get one of the parking. Porta potties, you can you can use that right away. I, I think people, I, I w- think so.
1: people take for granted. I was gonna say people will watch this and not understand the importance. Like this <laughs> is this is a this is a real this is a real yeah. thing. I usually like just you, go
2: to bus seven and poop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> These are the things that you think about when you wake up first thing in the morning.
2: It's you know we are lucky to live in a life where you don't have to question where I'm going to poop every day. It <laughs> is it is a first world problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, for true. sure. Um. So yeah, as we come down to a close, um, is that one that thing, it? almost. Um. Sh- yeah. It,
2: I feel like I talked too
0: long. You did. Not an no, all, It's it. okay, buddy. That was is great. This, Let's start over. Maybe now. a little bit. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, but you're the
3: one next to them, <laughs> and I'm the one over here. I'm I'm the Ed McMahon.
0: Well, I th- I think the yes. story. <laughs> yes. I
1: think, <laughs> I think the story was great. I mean, honestly, if you guys would be willing to do it again, I would. I'd more than. Have I was gonna to say a part two is definitely. Oh yeah. In the I cards. Think I think it's definitely needed. Yeah. At now? some point. No, well, we'll no, come back no, no, we'll come back. I need we'll you to renegotiate a contract. <laughs> yeah. yeah I need you to change your shirts. <laughs> <laughs> um no, thank
0: we just exchange shirts. Oh, that would be great. Okay. Huh? That actually <laughs> is a good idea right there. I don't know if that fit. <laughs> <You> fit. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um too kind.
1: I appreciate you guys coming out. It was on. great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's um and to I like the, what we done with the place. To the t- to the five people that are gonna listen, uh according no. to Justin. Uh I didn't say five. It's 12. <laughs> 12,
2: To 12. Okay. be fair, it's not about numbers. Okay, it's not. It's about, it's it's about,
3: about co- you get college credit for this.
1: Yeah, I'm getting college credit. That's cool. it. No, I appreciate you guys coming out. Um, it was a lot of fun. I'd I'd really like to have you guys back on, and we can, we can. Yeah. Oh yeah, talk go about even deeper. Of, talk yes. about some other stuff and get off the rails even harder. Definitely.
2: Yeah, that's tough. We 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 live kind of off the rails.
1: Yeah, I noticed the Realtor. first the first ten minutes of this podcast <laughs> highlighted that. Just the text, I'll the text honest, I'm not really chain sure of, of trying <laughs> to get us lined I just, up for this. I just, yeah, I just stopped sure. when you guys started. I was like, I have, I have yeah, nothing to add to this. So I'll just let them go. That's kind of how it goes.
2: <laughs> it's it is comfortable. I'll be honest. I am grateful to have this guy in my life uh, on a professional level, but also on a personal level. He's just a, an amazing human being. Um, but our our sense of humors are so in tune to each other. That it's literally that is our like we just we just operate on this like stupid level of it's funny to us we don't care who's in the room hey, and it's good we'll, chemistry we'll gravitate towards the people who are laughing at us <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> and, true and we'll <laughs> focus it to the people who aren't <laughs> right like like well, it's just maybe next time that's we talk about
1: that that relationship
3: between yeah yeah you know, I mean creative and the well yeah. to say we didn't even really get
1: into any. Uh, any any of your worst shows or any, yeah, any of that juicy s- stuff. So yeah. we'll have to yeah. do that. We'll save that for another time. Definitely. Well, we
2: talked about Farm Tour. It's not a word. I don't consider that a worst show. I'm just, joking. It's, just okay. it's It's a stigma for me. It's
0: a... No, we definitely got to go in there. Um, He's for to sure. So, head. you know, when you guys go back on... Um, on tour again, or on the we next show? We're off this week. Yeah, we're gonna be at then, the Redbird Games.
2: Yeah, uh, come see. And it. we're we're we'll closing up August. right. Like
0: the last show is coming up.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, next week after next, the week after next. Okay. Twenty ninth uh, is the last show. Twenty of October. This is our
2: first week off since Fourth of July. Yeah. And uh, wow. so
1: you won't catch you won't be able to catch it this year. Definitely catch it next year. Yeah, please do because Luke Bryan shows fun. It's a I, lot of fun. I will say that it, yeah. uh, even if you do not like country music. Uh, yeah. I think Luke is a great showman.
2: If you like beer and hot girls, yeah, to it's a good place party. to
3: be. Yeah, yeah it,
1: to it works be. out. No, I, can I think say hot girls. You can
0: say, you can say whatever you want, bud.
3: No, you can't say you can't say hot. You can say like fiery girls. <laughs> fiery. <laughs> Elf Lego.
0: I mean, from from somebody that doesn't. I don't have a huge history of listening to country music. Technically, yeah. when I moved to Nashville last year, it was like kind of the first. Uh, it's it's an awesome show. It's an awesome show. Um for sure. Um so yeah guys, thank you for coming out. Um, I appreciate it. Um, Thanks for coming up with us. Yeah. Next time we definitely got to do a part 2. We'll we'll get that together in okay. the future for sure. Um Candy, any any uh, last words? Uh no, I'm
1: just glad we survived this far. I had my doubts.
2: Who who is this brought to you by? Is this who's your sponsor?
1: Oh, oh Elite Multimedia. Okay. Of course. Oh, of, of, course. I of, of course. Yeah. I was,
3: if you really, you I was really I'll, hoping I'll, I'll to do a mattress read. <laughs> I'll get you, I'll get what, you a uh, card.
2: Yeah. What 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 time is this going to air? This uh, um, channel it'll, five. What time uh, channel? Prime time. Yeah, oh. I
1: mean honestly, we'll, this will be out in probably what two, three
0: weeks. Yeah, just about. Three okay. weeks. Okay, will be out. We'll let you guys know. Um, awesome. So another episode, everybody. Thanks for watching, and until next time, see you guys soon. I'm Stay awesome. tuned. See ya.